yo, yo, what is going on, world? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Full Court Press Podcast. It's your boy, Pierre, and I got my boys in the house, Matt and Riley. Fellas, how we doing today? What up? Things are good out here in Phoenix, man. Uh, just trying to stay cool, but things are good. How hot are we out there, Matt? How man, it it, right it was, it's been 117 this week. Ooh. That's that's the service of the sun. I'm pretty yeah. sure. I don't know. I don't know the numbers on that. Hey, I'm, it's I'm pretty sure the actual service. Ooh, man. Yeah. I uh everything in the PNW is great. It's been nice out. It's been, you know, 73 or something. And man, I've been hot, dude. Yeah, I am overheating <laughs> as this. So the, the thought of like almost 40 more degrees is uh just a startling thing to me. That's oh well, I was for California, it's about eighty three today but it's still hot but it's not 117 so i can't really Dude, yeah anything hot now we just sound like uh yeah right. we just sound really... like, oh that's not hot it's okay Pierre. every time every time i am like man i miss living in san diego and in southern california i just remind myself how much i pay to be in a house dude yeah, yeah that's true yeah <laughs> that's so true it definitely cools me down i can run my air all day and it's still cheaper oh do you have oh, air conditioning man? <laughs> so key so key. I oh. well, gentlemen, we have a lot to discover. I mean, to talk about, excuse me, and discover about ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. So you can throw discover in there. But what we what we did discover was that this WNBA versus Elena Deladon situation is ugly. She had a medical reason for not wanting to play, and they're like trying to force her to play. For those of you that don't know, she suffers from Lyme disease, so it's kind of hard for her to be in a bubble because she's at risk. Not only that, but also it was reported yesterday that she takes 64 pills a day. That in itself, when I read that, that's insane. I don't know how the body can break down along with your food and like other things you're doing, the other things you're digesting, like 64 pills. That is beyond me as far as like just having to imagine just physically having to do that. I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, that's unimaginable. Like, that's crazy. I can barely take my vitamins in the morning. The fact that she takes 64 pills, that's a lot for her body to break down. That's crazy. Yeah, that's that's pretty nuts. And yeah, like you said, Pierre, she has uh, Lyme disease. She's been dealing with that for like the last nine years. And it's it pretty much has destroyed her immune system. She is extremely susceptible to um, sickness and disease and whatnot. And the fact that they would not allow her the exemption or, you know, tell her no, considering that she is the face of the NBA or the WNBA at the moment. I mean, it, she was the, you know, she's the MVP, the reigning MVP from the reigning WNBA champions. They are letting other players opt out for lesser reasons, you know, like good reasons still, but lesser reasons than actual physical harm. Yeah, the fact the NBA, the WNBA would would take such a weirdly hard stance on that when she is so obviously she should so obviously be be uh, cleared to to opt out is wild. And the fact that they were going to hold out her pay and then basically through the uproar of the situation are now paying her, but I mean that's some damage done as far as the trust. Yeah, absolutely. A- absolutely. I'm, I'm glad they are paying her, but yeah, damage has been done in that trust, and you just hate to see it. You really have to see it from both sides of the standpoints because on one end, EDB is such an amazing player. And whenever she's on the f- uh, floor, I was going to say field, but whenever she's on the floor for her team, you already know that it's going to be a great game. Tina Charles, I'm not sure if she got cleared just yet, but Natasha Cloud is still out. So 
EDD, if I'm hurt, I won't play. It's props to the Mystics for saying, hey, whether you play or not, we're going to pay you a fourth salary. This just makes the WNBA look really bad because, like you said, Riley, there's other players opting out, whether they're doing social justice or social injustice, like Maya Moore, the Shanae Okumakes of the, uh, the league. Also, there was a player that opted out due to injury. Well, due to concern to injury. Christian Tolliver from the um, Sparks. Yeah. So if they allowing people to opt out due to concerns of injury versus EDD, who has a well-known illness that can potentially die due to her disease at any given, even, any given moment, let's not act like this isn't serious because it is. You know, we know what we get on the court, but off the court matters as well because we've seen, you know, the conditions that these WNBA players have faced before they got their new deal. And this right here just makes me feel like, okay, what was the point of the deal that, that you gave them, guys, if you're still – well, them ladies, excuse me. I don't want to refer to them as guys. But them ladies, if you're not even allowing her to opt out due to something at, you know, much more bigger than what's going on, you have – so I know that that's part of the problem for me is that we're talking about a situation where, of course, when you hear about these NBA players, when they get coronavirus, at no point when you hear NBA, WNBA players having coronavirus, are we really worried about their lives? We, it's, I mean, th- honestly, we're more thinking because they're in great health and everything's fine with, with them res- from a respiratory sense that they're going to be just fine. They're going to recover and they're going to be back. We aren't fearing for their lives like we are normal people and uh, people of older ages. But in this case, this is a genuine concern for someone who could genuinely have it. Uh, could it, where if she caught it, it could re- it could genuinely hurt her. She could die. So the exactly. fact that they're, they're playing this weird game with with one of their biggest stars is insane. I mean, if if right now if LeBron or Giannis or you know or Harden and Westbrook right now say they got it, or you know, I mean, it's weird for Harden and, and uh, Westbrook because they already have it. But basically, you know, if you're if we're dealing with somebody who a big time star in the NBA who we knew was very, had a big issue with their immune system. There would be no question about opting out. The NBA would know that it's a better investment to keep them out of this shortened season long-term. It would be a better call. So yeah, they are, they're playing a weird game right now with that. And uh, luckily now, hopefully they're, they're understanding the mistake because it's, oof, it doesn't look good. It's bad. Opting. No, with the season scheduled to get underway next week, it really does not look good at all. And just from like an employer standpoint, that's the problem with with so much is they don't know how to take care of people. Uh, we're we're seeing that just a, a case right here. Like they're just not taking care of people, and people is is what's most important to take care of. Exactly. Definitely, because it's bad enough that without COVID, she has to step on the floor with this disease. You know, so that already alone is a risk. COVID or no COVID. So, like you said, Riley. You're in a, a bubble in a city who just had 15K cases in one day, and it doesn't look like anything is getting any better. Uh, man, I'm just, I'm concerned. Yeah, and it's a much different thing to say she's not taken care of uh, rather than like a DeLon, DeLon Wright situation, right, where they made bad decisions um, it, and they're, they're on the downward spiral and they're not being taken care of. This is completely different than a situation of not being taken care of because you made bad decisions. She just has an illness. It's not her fault. She should definitely be taken care of by the WNBA. Yeah, like not the Mystics, but the WNBA as a whole. Like Riley, can you imagine being a coach in this situation? Your best player, yeah, she wants to play, but it's not good for her to play. Like, can you imagine as a coach, you know, you're in this this league 
and they're not handling it right. Yeah, that's a as a coach. I mean, of course, you want your best players to play, especially if you're coming off winning a championship. And you, know, and you got better. You know, they got Tina Charles involved now. Right. Like they, they're a, they're a better team than they were last year. Like a lot of WNBA teams that are at the top, all the top teams re reequipped weapons and are ready to go to war. And now people are dropping out, and for good reason. And of course, that sucks. But also, as a coach, that's why you're that's why you're a coach. You don't just coach to, because you're coaching the best players. You coach with what you have, and you build. You know, and you make the team better. So of course, that's tough to look at. But of course, I'm sure their coach is more than accepting of the fact that he'd rather have his player you know the next three to four years than never because she's potentially dead <laughs> like it just doesn't you know what i mean it just is not yeah it does not add up that there's uh that there was so much pushback on this so i'm i'm really glad that they are seemingly walking themselves back because yeah after all the strides they made in the off season uh for better equality better pay maternity leave all these things for them to now kind of damage the trust like this over something that should be so matter of fact is uh yeah, not good optics for the WNBA. So hopefully, you know, with the season starting, just like with the NBA, hopefully once the games start, people start to kind of forget about all this all this in-between stuff and they can, they can get back to the game. But, I mean, these are things that they're going to have to revisit as far as uh, trust goes, for sure, between players and the league. I totally agree. And the schedule is out. So the top three games of that opening day, which is July 25th, you have your Storm, Riley, playing against yeah. the New York Liberty. So Brianna versus Sabrina, who that's gonna be great. Yeah, that's yeah. gonna be a great one. Uh, Brianna Stewart's back from her Achilles. Uh, she missed the whole year last year, and uh, and so we can actually kind of go at uh, the idea of defending our title, quote unquote, from the year before. We can actually kind of <laughs> go. Sue Bird didn't play last year either. Um, it was rough. It was it was a very rough year for the team. So hopefully this year they can. Uh, they're retooling as far as all the roster additions that most teams did. They're not going to do that as much. Uh, they didn't, but they will be. Uh, they should be just a much better team, strictly because of who they have back. Riley, you never been to the game? Yeah, actually, I have. I went. I've been to two. I went to one a few years ago, um, and I had really good seats. And it's. I mean, it's fun to watch for sure. Um, but I mean, also, it is. It is different in the sense, like you know, I was. You. It's not quite as exciting, only because of the lack of like dunks and things. I think. I think we under. I think we underappreciate the kind of athleticism that we're seeing from the from the NBA players when they when we see them play because uh, we're so used to it. But uh, it's a lot of fun. The atmosphere is always great. And of course, I mean, it, it's one thing when you're just seeing a certain game. But I was always excited to see Sue Bird play because she's, you know, the best female point guard of all time. So it's definitely uh, it's always been a treat to see her play for sure. Man, I was crazy because I had uh, tickets to go see the Sparks this year. And when this happened, I was like, oh, man. I just want to experience the atmosphere because, you know, I've been to a football game. I've been to an NBA game. I've been to a baseball game. So to check off my bucket list, I want to do WNBA and hockey. Dude, I'm psyched for the hockey scene. Yeah, man, hockey is one of those things that's going to be – that's a fun sport to actually go watch. I've seen, like, minor league games, and it's so much fun. The atmosphere at hockey games is wild. <laughs> yeah, I'm supposed to go to a, a hockey game. I've never been, uh, but one of my friends last year got hired as a strength and conditioning coach for the Ducks. Let's go. Nice, dude. That's a nice. That's a nice little hookup to have right there. Yeah, <laughs> like the, we've known each other since sixth grade, so I'm like, bro, you got to get me some seats. <laughs> yeah, dude, come on, get me in there, dude. Get me in there, man. Um, two other games that we have on the schedule for WWE, WWE, WNBA. Excuse me. Tapping back to that, we have the Sparks going up against the Phoenix Mercury. That is going to be a great game as well, because you get to see the big three of the Mercury if Skylar Diggins Smith. Um, ops to play because she's still undecided. That's going to be fun to see. And then one more game. 
Yes, it is. One more game will be the Connecticut. I mean, yeah. No, not the Indiana Fever. Excuse me. The Indiana Fever taking on the Washington Mystics. And that, that's the game where it's going to be, you know, hard to watch, you know, because EDD may play. She may not play. I, for one, like I said earlier, I hope she doesn't play. I'm not really caring who wins the title or nothing this year because, you know, the circumstances are greater than, you know, the accomplishment itself. Yeah, safety has to come first. At the end of the day, and I think we've all accepted that when it's come to this. The true fans have all understood that as much as we want to see everyone at full strength, all the teams at full strength, all the you know all the premier players, safety has to come first, and especially someone like Elena Del Don, if they that is actually has immune issues. It's yeah, you got to do it. Now, gentlemen, what happened yesterday was um, we we probably saw it coming, and we had another underclassman rather reclassify himself, forego college, and opts to join the G League. That man is Jonathan Kaminga. This kid is 6'8", 2'10", and he's only 17 years old. This kid is as, as athletic as they come as well. He is another specimen. He is incredible when it comes to athleticism, his length. Oh, he's huge. Also, the, what's crazy about him too is that he, like, he's so athletic. It becomes a a situation where he is what is it like it's like you remember when andrew wiggins like you know andrew wiggins came out when andrew wiggins came out it was one of those things where if somebody is that freakishly athletic you just you have to draft them high you know what i mean like they, no matter what they have to be drafted high because they are they are that athletic and kaminga is that guy so also it's a, just another l for the ncaa which we've discussed and we all know you know my, our, you know, my, my feelings on that. I'm very happy to hear that they are losing another top prospect of the G League even a year before. And it's great for Kaminga because that kid gets to skip his, you know, a potentially shortened season or not college season at all to just kind of skip that lost year and start um, and start working with under the NBA umbrella. So good for him. Yeah, this is this is huge, man. He in my book, he was a top five pick in that draft. He He's not going to Duke. And he's not going to Kentucky, but he's going to take that G League process. It's, that's huge, huge, huge. Definitely. Go get your money now. Don't wait. You know what I mean? Especially that lost year. Go get your money. Don't stress. Don't worry about it. I mean, we're hearing things, too. There's been that issue with uh, Zion getting – there's rumors yes. that he got $400,000 or something. And it's one of those things where, yeah, in, in 10 years ago, I would have read that and been like, oh, whoa, that's shocking stuff. Now I'm like, you know, it's like good for him. You know what I mean? Like, good for his family. If they had to do that, it sucks the NCAA is so tight on those things because a kid like that could have come out of high school and could have been in the NBA. So if, if we're going to hold these kids back, you know, from that money, uh, you know, go get it. Don't don't deal with the NCAA trying to tarnish your reputation or your character or something, uh, you, know, or, you know, when you just are trying to support your family. Yeah, man. And if you look at this G League select team, oh, my goodness. It's nasty. He's, it really is. And I'm anxious to see it because – the coach is Brian Shaw, and I'm oh, just like, Brian wow. Shaw's the coach? I did not know that. Yes. That's awesome. Oh, man, that's what, a, what a great guy to have. The roster is for this team. Of course, we know Jalen Green, Kai Soto. That's just to name a few. Todd Isaiah, and one more player that I missed was Nick's. Is it Nick's Dacian or Deshaun? However you pronounce the young man's name. Yeah, but yeah. That, that's five. That's, just the, that's like the starting five right there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see these kids go up against G League teams just to see how they do, you know, and see see where they're at. Because G League teams are not only, you know, almost NBA-level players, all of them, 
it's also that they are hungry. They're hungry. It, they're hungry as hell. They're out trying to, you know, get their get theirs and get to the NBA. So they are not only really good, but they're also desperate and, and doing everything they can to make their dreams come true. Looking at these kids like, oh, you're going to try to take this from me. You know what I mean? So it's going to be that's going to be very interesting. So yeah, we're going to see some really, really good basketball. We're going to see really good basketball. And uh, do you guys think uh, there's going to be any other kind of top prospects that are going to make their way into this G League route? Oh, yeah, it's, it's going to be more to come. Oh, yeah, I think I think this year we've probably seen um, the most. I think we've seen uh, what we're going to see out of it. But, I mean, that depends. If the season were to end or say, say that NCAA calls the season, which they wouldn't do for a few more months and whatnot, I mean – it would depend on if they signed their, you know, if they signed their uh, scholarships and all these things. But if they're able to, if they were to cancel the season, those kids would just say, "Hey, I'm I'm opting out. I'm going here." Like a guy like Cade Cunningham doing it. Yeah, I mean a guy like that. I mean he's he's so good, and his team is not going to be able to go to the playoffs. I mean he's obviously in a comfortable situation because uh, one of his relatives is is one of the coaches there. Is it his brother-in-law? Yeah, it's like his brother. It's so it's like somebody close to him, like very close to him. So, I mean, he's going there for that season to enjoy that and just kind of, you know, play, you know, play in a secured area, then great. But I mean, that's he's not playing to his potential at that point. I think that's what it's going to come down to is that we're going to look at these top guys and go, you know, yeah, you couldn't go to college. You could do that and play that year. Or you could be like the other guys who are just as good as you and the guys you've been competing against and go against the best. And it's, I think it's going to start to become more of a, um, like a, an alpha male type thing, you know, like one of those comp- competitive things where, you know, it's like, oh, you think you can do that? I can do that too. I don't need college, you know? And if, as opposed to just entering from high school, it's going to be guys doing that instead in the meantime. So, yeah, it's, it, we're, we're going to see extreme competition come out of that. And I think out of next year's class, we'll see a lot of guys start to do that. Luckily, uh, Kamingo was able to reclassify, but the rest of those guys next year, we're going to see some of those top guys not go to school, especially if the season's uh, going to be canceled. For next yeah, year. man, it's just gonna be something we got to keep our eyes peeled on. Now, on to the NBA. The bubble, I guess you could say it's working. I guess you could say it's not working. But while we were conducting this podcast, Eric Bledsoe has tested positive for coronavirus. Oh, has he? Wow. Yes, man. Everything this close, uh, you yeah. know, as we get closer, we've been saying it that everything this close gets sketchy because now they have to, you know, be out probably two weeks protocols all these things and then it becomes if the, you know can they actually play can, can they play when it matters or not you know yeah because two weeks is gonna put us at the day that they start right we're at the 16th two weeks puts us at the 30th and that's when the first game is scheduled to happen correct yeah, yeah. so Bledsoe might have to miss a couple games of the eight game schedule and assuming his body keeps up and maybe he can stay in shape in the meantime, and that's tough. It depends on how hard it hits him because some of these guys are asymptomatic and they just can't pass it on. Other guys are feeling like, you know, remember uh, Gobert felt symptoms. There were guys that felt, uh, you know, decent symptoms of being very sick. And I think people forget that even if you're just kind of sick from coronavirus, you are feeling symptoms. The symptoms are really bad. So, it's you know what I mean? It's, it is still a horrible flu to have. So, yeah, hopefully uh, he can recover soon. Um, Pierre, what did you – what was your reaction when you heard that Harden and Westbrook were both positive initially? I'm not even going to lie to you. I've always suspected James Harden has either had it previously or he has it now. I'm more confident that he had it previously because he's down there now in Orlando and he already went through a practice. Mm-hmm. According to him, he missed the flight due to family issues. I can't confirm or deny that. 
considering Harden is asthmatic, it's not likely that he, you know, it's like, I mean, excuse me, it's likely that he did have it. As far as Westbrook goes, oh man, it couldn't have happened to a greater guy. He was on the tear this year. He was having a great year. His numbers were down. He wasn't triple-double worthy. However, he was definitely having an MVP type of season. And we had a restart. He was able to get healthy and, you know, just focus and come back and he gets COVID. Luckily, like you said, he's one of those players that don't have any symptoms. So I'm hoping maybe by the end of the week, or we already at the end of the week, but maybe by early next week, he can get down there, go through the quarantine and the, the tests and get on the floor. I, w- I really was like, oh, man, like, wow. Like, I just, I, you know, because you hear all these other players and teams have it, and I'm like, oh, yes, nobody from my team has had it. And then when I saw that, I just was like, wow. Yeah, that's a – it's it's got to be scary. It's like to – I mean, Matt, for example, like no Lakers really have had issues so far. I mean, obviously Bradley has opted out. And then Rondo, of course, broke his uh, thumb, which is obviously yeah, a big deal. Yeah, six to eight weeks right there. At least. Yeah, I mean, I mean what are you guys – I mean – in your eyes now as a Laker fan, like what do they do now? Do you, do they try to sign another guard or do they, I mean, you know, they, Mario Chalmers has been talking about that and I, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> who knows about that. but, but basically like now that you guys still are facing issues because you're lacking defense at the point guard position. Yeah. Um, how do you think that's going to affect you guys? Well, one, we, we know the point guard position for the Lakers is unique because you're not truly a point guard with LeBron bringing the ball up. Um, so that plays one factor. People were saying, man, Rondo's defense, Rondo's defense. It's hit or miss with Rondo's defense. Again, uh, I think Bradley was was a much bigger defender than Rondo. So it's going to be interesting what the Lakers do. Do they give some more minutes to, like, Caruso? Do they give the fans what they want and, and have Alex Caruso? I mean, I like Alex Caruso's energy and, and how hard he plays. So I'm okay with giving him some more minutes. It'll be interesting to see in a playoff-type game um, how he does because he's not been there. And so we'll see, but I love the energy he brings, almost like that Matthew Della Vadova yeah. of energy back with the Cavs. And so, so I don't think the Lakers are stressing too bad. Again, people were saying, "Oh, but their defense." It's Anthony Davis and LeBron will are are, are great defenders. I think we'll be okay. Um, I wish I wish this would have been a time we could have signed Jamal Crawford. He would have been great to fill in that spot. I know that was something that. I was definitely it's one of those things where if like somebody like Caruso had gotten hurt, a more offensive minded guy, then I think they would have looked at Jamal and that would have been great. I, you know, because I mean, I just want to see Jamal get on a team where he is playoff, you know, eligible. You know what I mean? Hey, hey we're not counting out Isaiah Thomas, though, Riley. What if Isaiah Thomas gets signed by the Lakers? You know, I just, oh, man, of course I'd love that. You know, of course <laughs> I'd love that. But it's one of those things now where I have to really be honest with myself, you know, as a fan and understand that it's going to be tough for him to find a roster spot and it, and it would have to be the perfect placement you know and the perfect need um you know i was like hey i need a i need a veteran uh scoring point guard who's going to go out and give me some buckets when i need it and that's something that the lakers honestly don't really need at the moment i mean it doesn't ever hurt to have a guy like that but as a team that is so ready to gel and they've already gelled so well together i don't think that's going to be necessary but God, you know I'd love it, dude. You know yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, but I do think Caruso will have to step up in that position. He's going to lead that. He's going to be the point guard in that second unit uh, now that Rondo's out, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, it's going to be a perfect time for some of these players to step up with with no Bradley, no Rondo. Those are kind of your vets who have playoff experience. 
So it's going to be time for, for some of those guys to step up. And um, I, I think Caruso, this is going to be that Matthew Delavadova time where he gets to go prove himself and maybe he'll get a big contract like Delavadova did. Well, I, I agree that he's definitely the kind of guy who can step up and bring that grit that that you guys have lost without Rondo and Bradley. I mean, he's a gritty player, um, and he and he's really a well-rounded player. Honestly, he's really well-rounded. He plays you know solid defense. He handles the ball well. There's a pass. I need I need to find the clip and send it to you guys. There's a clip of him during the season where he is on a fast break. Uh, he's leading the fast break. There's two guys ahead of him, and he does this pass where he just drops it off for LeBron. But like at no point, somebody pointed out they're like the caption was like I watched this ten times and he never sees LeBron. Oh yeah. Like, like at any point did his eyes could he have seen LeBron, but he knew exactly where he was for this amazing pass to a finish. And it's like, you know, and also him and Crusoe and LeBron's numbers together are actually really good as far as like when they're on the floor together, the, the Lakers are at their best, basically. So him getting more minutes is a great thing. I think overall, I think it really, like you said, it forces him to be great in a situation where you guys need him to be great. And also, I think that Howard and McGee, I think How Howard and McGee are both key defensively also. And the fact that Howard has opted to play is huge because if you lose those two defensive guards and then you lose somebody like Howard, that that's even worse. <laughs> like Then it becomes yeah. a real issue for you guys. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited. I, I know that pass yeah. that you're talking about. I watched that on replay religiously because it is incredible. He does not look um, – he's, he's a good passer. It's super weird. <laughs> like I, I've I watched that a few times myself and was like, how does he not? How does he make that play? I don't. Yeah, I, I'm excited though because you're right. His when he's on the floor with LeBron and Anthony Davis, um, he he doesn't have to take on this scoring. He can score, but he doesn't have to take on the scoring mentality. He can focus on defense and he can focus on assist. He's brilliant at assist and on defense. I just really like his hustle. He is your guy who will go and run and dive on the floor and get the loose ball. He's that player that everybody needs, especially if you're going against the Clippers team, uh, which can definitely happen, or a Rockets team. We need to have some some good guys out there at, at that guard spot. You're going to need him to hustle. Yeah. yeah, good guards. That's right. That's right, Matt. See? Hey, I'll say it again. Houston has one of the best backcourts. I'm not denying that. You can't say <laughs> with Russell Westbrook and James Harden that there's some scrubs back there. They, they have one of the best backcourts in the NBA. Okay, you know. All right. Hey, hey, we, hey, we have it on. We have it on tape. We yeah, have it on I tape. I praise <laughs> and the Rockets praise. Look at that. <laughs> wow. Now, twenty twenty, man, crazy times. Yeah, it's really crazy right here. For example, <laughs> Mike, <laughs> Michael Beasley, who signed with the Nets, he tested positive for COVID, so now he's unsure if he's going to play, and that's really crazy to me. Yeah, that's a heartbreaker for him. I mean, that's just you know he was just going to get some time to finally. You know, put up some buckets. You know, I mean, just like Jamal is. It's like they're just going there to score. They know that. They know it's them and Karis LeVert, and they're going to score. So, yeah, Beasley being out, is just, that just sucks for him. And hopefully he can get back in time to play a few games. Yeah. If, Matt, if Beasley doesn't elect to play, is there any other name that comes to mind? Not Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> Man, the Nets, the Nets are at this position to give anybody who just wants some time a, a spot to play. So I don't know. Uh, did Fareed get picked up by anybody? No, no. he's still around. Which is I, I don't know. Maybe pick up uh, Fareed. Give somebody a chance to try and work their way back into the NBA system. Fareed yeah, is an interesting one. Lance Stevenson comes to mind as well. Larry Sand. I don't know. 
at this point, they need somebody. They need bodies. And it just sucks. I just hope Michael Beasley beats it. And maybe he decides to play later. But I don't know, man. Man, sp- speaking of a team that just, like, cannot stay, you know, coronavirus-free, the Kings, man. Those guys oh those guys have lost so much. And then De'Aaron Fox just sprained his ankle and is going to be out for, like, a oh. decent amount of time. So it's like they are just dropping Harrison Barnes, right? Rashawn Holmes got it because he he didn't even he just broke quarantine. He walked out to get his food outside the bubble. And because he broke the quarantine, he doesn't even necessarily have it, but he now has to re-quarantine. So like he is yeah. it is just I mean, they are dropping like flies over there. Buddy Heel had it right. He's yeah. back though. Uh yeah, they they have I think they've had six, seven people that have been affected. Um, by the coronavirus or a De'Aaron Fox who just got hurt. That sucks. That whole bubble situation where he go get food, that has to be re- redone. I mean, if the man was going to get food from whether it was Uber Eats, Postmates, DoorDash, whatever, and he stepped out to grab it and he got in trouble for that, wow. I yeah, mean, that's where the line was ringing. Man. Yeah, that's that's how strict they're being on that, you know. It's like that's it's, it's not fun, but that's you know they they had to show like no, we're being serious. I mean, you guys heard about the hotline, right? The uh, the yeah, the the hotline. and apparently yeah, Dwight on. Howard, Dwight Howard already got called out because he wasn't wearing a mask in some area, and it's like, man, I mean, in that bubble, you sh- you should be fine. I understand, you know, at certain I'm certain at certain points or certain checkpoints in that bubble, they want you to wear the mask, but someone called. And ratted on him for that, and it's, yeah. You hope it's not players. You know, what I mean? Angelo Russell. Oh, wait, oh, he's not in the bubble. Yeah, if it were if it were players doing it, especially that'd be. That's you talk about a D'Angelo Russell situation. That's you know that's another level, basically. He's got to be on the cover of this uh, podcast episode called the Snitch Line. <laughs> it's important, man. It's, it's it's one of those things now where yeah, they are. That is a great call because yeah, that that kid caught so much heat. And he's got to be, you know, good thing. I don't think he's in the bubble. He's not in the bubble, and neither's Nick Young. So imagine that Lakers team back then, and they were in the bubble like now. Oh, man. And I can't confirm or deny, but I believe Iggy Azalea is also not in the bubble. So um, (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? Some of these girls have been getting called, apparently, by the NBA players. So who knows who's in and who's out? Yeah, that was hilarious. Some Instagram model came out and said, that, "Like, yeah, I got a, I already got invited to the bubble. It's like the season's not happening, you know." So, yeah, it is. Uh, it's 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 so funny because it's become its own like kind of soap opera type thing, you know. Exactly. It's almost become its own entertainment to us, as you know, as the season would be. Uh, just you know, just seeing. I mean, it's not fun as far as like, oh, did someone get coronavirus? Obviously, but like, you know, outside of that, just what's happening in the bubble is is pretty wild. One thing that came out of the bubble that was great was Damian Lillard's birthday was yesterday. Turned 30. He's only 30. Right. I, right. I'm like, wow. And the fact that the whole team was able to celebrate with him, those that, that are there in Orlando, was able to have a bubble celebration. I thought that was really dope. Just side note about Damian Lillard. Uh, on NBA 2K, I traded him. Oh, God. <laughs> what did you get for him? I got Chris Paul and uh, and uh, Shy. Oh, that's a good trade right there. That's a good trade. Yeah, that's a fun trade. I'm not mad at that. It was Magic straight up Lincoln, back at it again. Paul and shy. Yeah, no, I'm not mad. At, I, you know, I've been, I've been a critic of your trades, and that was not. That's a great trade. <laughs> uh, yeah, Shea, Shea is going to be a monster. I'm like I said, I'm so excited just to get back to seeing teams. You know, seeing guys play. I mean, guys were having such good seasons, 
and I can't wait to just kind of get back to that because we're just ugh, it's getting to a point. Yeah, we're getting, we're getting to an interesting point, guys. That any any cases now past this date is going to have some really big effects on those. Yeah, we're definitely going to miss some time. But before this date, on the uh, when we're recording this, I should say on the sixteenth of July, you kind of had time to do your two weeks and, and get out. But now you don't have time past your two weeks. No, so they got to keep that bubble tight now. They really do. Uh, and Jokic finally joined, I know. Jokic finally yeah. got back. Uh, Did he got a picture of that? Did he still keep off the weight? I've not seen a photo of him back. I, I hope I he has. I, mean, I hope he did. Yeah, good for him. I mean, if he has, then, man, they are they are amazing. I mean, I've also heard with the Nuggets also that Gary Harris, Torrey Craig, and – Oh, Michael Porter Jr., uh, that they haven't – they didn't come with the team. And it's rumored that they have that they are, have coronavirus. I can't confirm that, but that's what people are assuming because none of them have been on a flight to the – or not in the bubble yet. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully they get there soon because those guys are all – Gary Harris that's is the core of the team. Porter's kind of their uh, – you know – and that's just nice, at least for these top tier teams, these already playoff guaranteed teams, is that they don't have to stress so much. Like Eric Bledsoe being out, it's bad for Milwaukee if he can't get back in healthy and good, but he, he luckily has the time. Harden Westbrook is like that. They have the time. So hopefully these uh, you know, guys like that can can get back in time to play the basketball that really matters, which is the playoffs. What hurts is a team like the Grizzlies, like if a John Morant got it. Then, then the Grizzlies are like, dang, what do we do? Yeah, Absolutely. that's a done deal. Yeah, that's a done deal. Yeah, it's like you said, Riley. Um, anything past today, really, really, is going to create a speculation like, okay, this person has it. I'm sure more have it, and that's when the whole, okay, let's put a pause on the season. That's when all that comes into question. Yeah, when is, when is the last day that you can join the bubble? Is there like a cutoff day? I don't think there is. I don't think there's a cutoff to the bubble. I think it's just, uh, yeah, I don't think there's a cutoff for it because guys are going to have to join whenever they can join. Uh, but I think obviously when you get in, you're especially now, like those guys are getting extra quarantine. Those guys are getting tested so much. They are, you know, because they have to be so sure if you're going to come into that bubble late that you are not bringing anything with you. As long as they do that, hopefully they are fine. Oh, also, uh, Somebody else who oh Zion Zion left the bubble actually to apparently deal with a family matter like a very serious family matter we don't know the details on that but apparently he's gone and he's supposed to be back there's no confirmed thing I assume he's coming back um, and should be fine but the NBA let him go because apparently it's a pretty serious situation so uh, you know prayers up for him for sure because wow. that's you know not you know basketball and coronavirus all these things matter but obviously when it comes to family like that you know. Just like I want to tell Don, it's like if it comes to people's safety, if it comes to your family, basketball comes second to those things easily. So, can, can we lighten the mood up and talk about the best bubble room that we have seen on Instagram? And that is Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams. Oh, easily, yes, easily. Best. Did you guys did you see that video, Pierre? I saw it, but that's not the best room. PJ Tucker, come on now. Wait, I didn't see PJ Tucker, but. But I saw, oh, man. I, man, Pat Bevs and Lou Will, man, they had a recording studio in there. They had they had a video game area. They had that thing like a man cave. I was just being biased. Those rooms were really dope. Yeah, it, yeah, it's actually it's actually awesome seeing players react because it's like I watched uh, 
um, Matthias uh, Thibel. Uh, Matthias Thibel came out. He he did like a vlog, basically, right? Like his first couple of days, and I watched it because I was interested to see what his bubble experience was like. And it's so interesting because these guys, it's definitely, it's like a bonding experience to a certain extent. You know what I mean? Because it, it's like they're going to like a camp. They're, they're going to like a high school camp or something. So it's definitely a weird, it's got to be weird for them. But you can tell that guys are at least in good spirits about it. And they're enjoying it for what it is and the uniqueness of it. So hopefully they can continue to do that now because they're still going to be there for another month or two. So hopefully, uh, hopefully they can maintain that enthusiasm. Definitely, man. Did you hear about the drama in the bubble? Everything's going on in the bubble. Uh, apparently, uh, Rachel Nichols' phone conversation was recorded and leaked by somebody in ESPN. Yeah, that's – dude, that's that's some – that's weird. Like, that's one of those things where it's like, you know, that's the last thing you'd expect to have to deal with or hear about in all this, in this whole situation, is somebody, you know, doing pulling an Aaron Andrews situation and trying to record somebody. Yeah, that's sick, man. Especially because Rachel Nichols works for ESPN, so the fact that an ESPN employee would be recording her is is extra weird. It's like it's like what what are you what are you gaining from that? Like like who it's like who, who it's one of those situations in like a Bond movie. Where it's like who are you working for? You know what I mean? Like like who who are you doing this for? Because yeah, there's no reason to do that at all. Yeah, that that's scary and weird, and it's not the time for for things to be happening to ESPN in the wake of everything yeah. that happened with with Woj. And now Rachel Nichols, those are two key people for ESPN. Uh, I, I really do believe the best basketball show on ESPN is The Jump. Oh, for sure. I agree. And, I, and I'm a huge critic of ESPN uh, shows like that. And ju- The Jump is definitely the best one. And, and those are some key people. So they're on they're on thin ice. You don't know if, if some of these top-tier reporters are going to leave. Well, yeah, and it becomes a thing where it's like who at, like I said, who at ESPN is, is trying to spy on someone – on a high-ranking person at ESPN, like Rachel Nichols, definitely out at ESPN. So it's, you know, and with Woj and stuff too. I mean, that was interesting, just because I mean, there was talk that he should get fired only because you know, like Jamel Hill was removed when she, you know, basically said something in a political way. Uh, you know, people have been moved around or the show's taken away, things like that. So it's definitely interesting. I mean, shout out to Woj though for you know standing up for what he believed is right. I was, I read, I had to read that a couple of times. I thought it was uh, like a fake article. Oh yeah, I thought that was a joke. Yeah, it's like oh, he gets the you know he gets the thing from the um I believe it's a senator that tried to get him to they wanted to put uh blue lives matter on the back of the jerseys, yeah, the jerseys and stuff. Which I'm sorry, I mean you know no matter what you think here, it's, that's not the optics that anyone's looking for right now, and that's honestly not what they're trying to stand for. And so the fact that he just replied like that is like the you know and for the viewers at home, we'll, we'll censor it for you. <laughs> Big old f you is what he said. Uh, that's as simple as it gets. Uh, let him know what was good. And, uh, yeah, I mean, shout out to Woj for just letting him know. Like, absolutely not, dude. Like, Man, that was great. Shut up, dude. We're not doing that. Like, that's – yeah, so good for him. I'm glad he's taking the suspension. You know, he's taking the suspension, doing his time. How, how long is the suspension? Is it one month? I don't know. I don't think there's – I didn't hear any details on it. But, I mean, it's Woj. Like, they're not – like, how long can you suspend him for – an email where he said two words, you know, like it's, that's, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, yeah. So hopefully he's, he's back soon. I mean, just shut Woj definitely got some credit though. Some, uh, some street cred from everyone that, uh, you know, some, from Twitter basically. Uh, he definitely got some from yeah, me. Yeah, for sure. So good on him. Uh, oh, yo, something that I actually want to touch on is what do you guys think of Ben of the Sixers? Moving Ben Simmons exclusively to the power forward. They should have been did that. If he's not going to take a jumper, whether it's a two-pointer or a three-pointer, 
Why not? The man can dominate his matchup in the post. Not only will he be able to get his own buckets, he'll be able to drive and kick. I think this is something the Sixers should have did a long time ago. Yeah, I, I agree. He should be at that position. The problem is I wish the Sixers had be- uh, even more better shooters to surround him with if he's going to focus on driving and kicking. That's very true. Yeah, that's very true. They could definitely use more shooters. I mean, I think it's a it's the best thing they could possibly do, especially right now, as far as like how, you know, in their playoff run, because, you know, I've said it multiple times when we've discussed the Sixers, when they were playing and when they have been playing, that, you know, you got to figure out the situation with Embiid and Simmons, and you have to figure out how to make this team work, given the pieces that they have. So if you are putting Simmons at four, and it completely eliminates him from having to shoot the ball, which is obviously his most extremely, you know, glaring faults basically weakness then you do that i mean that team's gonna run more fluidly he can get balls uh, he can get rebounds now and then just run the break he's a great rebounder he's gonna get he's gonna get rebounds immediately run the break you know and and hit those and then hopefully hit those shooters that are already in position now um you know on, on that break so yeah it's gonna be it's the best thing for them from a basketball standpoint that they could do shout out to brett brown for understanding that that was the right move um and but also it puts pressure on guys like josh richardson um, Tobias Harris needs to step up more. Alec Burke, Al, yeah, Alec Burke, yeah, he needs to step up. There's so they're guards. I mean, it puts a lot of pressure on those guys to hey, you guys have to hit your shots. Um, that kid, uh, Corkmaz, uh, the yeah, yeah, him. yeah, he has he has to step up and hit shots because he'll have more burn now. Um, and honestly, I, think Horford, I mean, I think Horford was starting obviously, but like I think now you push him into the six man. And kind of move things around because obviously he wasn't fitting well. I think that the idea of Simmons and Embiid in the post is a lot more enticing right now than Horford, strictly because he he's not a good fit. We've seen so I'm I'm st- I mean good on them. I, I actually give them a lot more credit now as far as what I think they're capable of in the in these playoffs. Yeah, and this is really where you wanted to keep JJ Redick. This is where JJ oh, Redick would have fit in perfectly as Ben Simmons driving kick out to Redick. And, and he can easily have a 25, 30 point game just from downtown. Yeah, I don't think anybody yeah. is more upset about that right now than JJ Redick. I, because you know that was something that he probably wanted to see was uh, was a switch up like this. And the fact that he's now on New Orleans, which is, you know, he's not upset about it. I've seen podcasts with him, he's not upset by anything, but. He obviously was not wanted back in Philly, and it's like, man, now both sides are probably going, gosh, really, you would have worked that out. Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, the other person who's probably upset is is Jimmy Butler, right? Because they had Butler, they had yeah. JJ, yeah, and Butler. That might have been some of the tension. Is he's like Ben should be playing at that four spot? Yeah, or he just get the ball out of his hands like that, especially if he can't shoot. I mean, I mean, we we've talked about it. It, it completely wrecks ball of the moon it completely wrecks the floor because if a team knows that a guy's standing out on the perimeter they sink down you can't drive i mean they have so many guys right now that can drive uh to the basket you talk about an alec burks that guy josh richardson they have these guys that can get to the hole and score but those things were not utilized because they were stuck with an extra dude hovering around the paint helping out on a guy who they knew wouldn't shoot so yeah they are good for philly to, to especially right now understanding that if they want to compete against these teams that they had to make a real a real serious change yeah and speaking of the sixers real quick pierre speaking of the sixers i want to hear your guys' thoughts uh, let's start with pierre on this one but jay williams came out and said that the sixers should trade Embiid and not simmons pierre what, what are your thoughts on that no not yet uh, talent like mb only comes a dime a dozen so 
I wouldn't trade him just yet. I feel like Embiid is going to have a great bubble season. I feel like, you know, like the move of Ben Simmons is going to allow him. It'll, it'll space the floor out more. He'll be able to drive and kick to Embiid, wait for the rebound, and you can play Embiid, Horford, and together, and Ben Simmons can still stay on the floor because he'll be able to penetrate. The only thing that concerns me about this whole thing is if they don't advance, Embiid may feel like he's wasting his talent, then you have to question, okay, do we move him before we lose him? That's, you know. Yeah, I don't think it was a trade right now. It was a who would you rather build your team around. If you have to trade one, uh, Jay Williams said he's keeping Ben Simmons and building around him. Yeah, that's – I mean, I would keep Ben Simmons too. All, a lot of it is injury history. A lot of it is the fact that when you have a seven-footer with the, you know, with the knees and stuff that uh, Embiid has – it gets tough. It, those things, those things start piling on pretty quick. We've seen careers get derailed by these things. I think he's a very talented guy, Pierre. Like you mentioned, he's a, he's a, you know the talent like that in a seven footer does not come around very often. And I think that you know he will definitely and beat it. Like you said in the bubble season, moving Simmons down helps them helps him a lot opening up the floor uh, for him to be able to drive. And he needs to drive more. That's what he was lacking. Uh, you know, when they were struggling to win is that he was settling for jump shots because he knew he had to because he was dealing with that extra defender. So if he can go down and, you know, and dominate the paint like he was, then, you know, then, yeah, they could find a lot of success. But if I have to get rid of one, I'm keeping Simmons uh, because he's so versatile and he's been, for the most part, pretty healthy. And he, uh, yeah, because he, he can be a guard and he can be the four, he can play all these, you know, like a LeBron, like the one through five situation. You could throw him, he's positionless. Um, I do think that you build around him. And it would be easier to build around him, I think, overall. But either way, I mean, you're not making a bad call either way. But I yeah, I would agree. I would agree, Riley. I, I would build around Ben Simmons. But let's play our favorite game to play. We haven't played in a while. Where would you send him? Like, if you if you had to trade Embiid, you're you're building around Simmons. You're like, this isn't working. Where would you see Joel Embiid go? Where would he fit in? Man, hmm. uh, off the bat, it's funny because I it would be interesting to know with Jimmy Butler, what the issue was, like if he was upset with Brett Brown, if Embiid's lack of, you know, like that intense motivation that Butler has, it's been said that Embiid kind of lacks that at times. He's kind of lacks a days ago when it comes to training and stuff. If they could work together, I mean, you know, Miami's trying to make a big deal happen. Um, you know, if they, you know, got at a bio back and, you know, one of a couple of the shooters, whatever, a Duncan Robinson type guy. Um, yeah. I mean, Miami would be very interesting, I think. But yeah, there a lot would have to deal with that more off the floor, I think. But yeah, I think Miami would be super interesting. Boston could benefit from Embiid. Ooh, you're right. Actually, Boston would be the yeah, Boston would be the most ideal as far as need goes for sure. Dallas. It'd be more yeah. about for them. It'd be more about how they would how Boston would be able to to make that happen. Like you know, as far as like Trey Hayward, it would have to be it would have oh, to yeah. be Marcus Smart involved. Yeah, he'd have to be there. Jeez. Draft picks up the water. Draft picks a lot. Yeah, draft picks would be a huge piece of that for sure. Uh, I think what who can make the trade happen is Oklahoma City. Oh, yeah, that's oh. yeah. They, they have so many draft picks. Maybe you package Stephen Adams, some picks, and a, a, like a Terrence Ferguson or something. Picks yeah. Stephen Adams. You you give uh, Philly maybe resources to swap. Maybe it's a three team trade. But I think man, if you have if Chris Paul stayed, you have Shy or Shay, however you want to say his name 
like tomato tomato um and you add joel <laughs> i mean come on that's a kind of scary team right there yeah and also as far as not having to give up a lot on the floor too yeah. that's a great goal and i mean they've been talking about moving adams for a minute not because he's not a great player but i think they're just trying to you know get the full rebuild going but i mean that would definitely quicken the rebuild up you send adams you know and Adams makes, you know, you're not losing a ton. You're gaining a different style of center for sure, but a great one in Philadelphia if you have Adams around. So, you know, the scariest guy on the floor by far. Yeah. I also think Portland will try and make a deal somehow. I don't know exactly the pieces you would trade. I, I don't think they'd want to give up like CJ McCollum, uh, a.k.a. Michael Gibson, but they might have to. <laughs> I think they would have to make a deal work. No, I think so too. And I think it would be McCollum because there's been a lot of talk of them moving him. Um, and I don't think they move Dame first out of the two. I think McCollum would be the one to go. One of them got to go. Yeah, I think so too. It, it, it's very similar to the Philly situation that one of them has to go to make this kind of work or or at least to kind of, you know, give a give a, you know, a jump start to these teams, uh, a little rebirth. And yeah, I think that would be very... I think that yeah, Portland would make a lot of sense as well. Um, and CJ with that 76ers team, you got a guy who can shoot. I think who would work well with Ben Simmons. It's it's not like yeah. you're you're not getting a good player. Oh, no, the fit is great. The fit for McCollum to to Philly is great. He's literally what they're lacking harshly right now is a, is a two guard that can really go score. Or if you're Philly, you're like, I want a good draft pick, maybe to go get like a James Weissman. But I also want some good players as well. Maybe you're, you're able to strike a team to get a couple shooters, a couple good shooters, um, in like a, a top pick like James Weissman for Embiid, who I think can fit in really well. Kind of that Steve, Steven Adams, same deal. A great offensive rebounder, a guy who can play down low. He's also got a little bit of a shot with him. Yeah, I agree. I, I I think this draft class has a couple guys who may not be stars, but will fit if they get on the right rosters. Will be very impactful, and I think Wiseman's a huge part of that because we've only really heard him associated with like teams like uh you know uh Golden State teams that have that are going to be better next year than they were this year, and so I think yeah I think he's going to be a very uh, interesting piece, especially with these teams that have all these uh, picks. So yeah, OKC Portland. Um, like I said, Miami's more of just a, you know, I think it'd be interesting, but oh yeah. And, and if Boston could make it work, like I said, Boston is the one where the fit makes the absolute most So they need a center in the worst way. And, uh, you know, Brian, we had Brian on recently, uh, Brian Luis. And, uh, yeah, he was definitely, I know that guy would be so excited. I don't know. I don't know how he feels about Embiid. Brian has very strong uh, feelings about guys, but yeah, I would think that that would be a great thing for Boston. Well, if we're talking fit, the Warriors need a big guy. What if they do get a top pick? They flip him and and another player who has some salary. Maybe like a I don't know Wiggins and a pick in for Embiid. Oh uh, no, man. I would yeah, hate I to like see that. Embiid in a Warriors jersey. Yeah, it I, makes I, sense if you're the Warriors. It makes sense because you want a big guy. He can fit into that spread out game pretty well as well. Yeah, but I think I think that's the issue with Embiid right now is that he can shoot. But we've seen this year he struggled and he didn't look good on the team or, you know, in the team fit because he was settling for all these kind of low-key fadeaway jumpers. He's shooting, settling for these threes when he is a dominant player. I mean, we've heard uh, Shaq and Charles Barkley go off about it. You know, and as much as we clown on those guys, they know what they're talking about when it comes to actually playing ball. And they go off on the fact that he's he's been lazy as far as not attacking the rim. And to send him to a place like to send him to a place like the Warriors where he's going to play more of an outside game, I think that completely takes away from what Golden State, you know, likes to do. Because if he's doing what he should be doing is in the post, that takes away kind of how they run their offense. And also with him, 
it's if he is fitting in there, then that's potentially not good because he could be inconsistent. I don't know. I don't, I don't like the fit of him. It does make sense they would have the capital to do it, but I just don't think that's a great fit for him. You like Weissman better with the Warriors as a fit? Yeah, because you already have. I mean, they've already won titles with Steph, Clay, and Draymond, you know, there. Um, and you have a guy like Wiggins. So, I mean, they will trade Wiggins, I think, eventually for somebody. Um, and so they will be getting some help in some form. But I think you roll the dice on somebody like a Weissman or whoever they think is good in that class. I'd say Weissman for them. But you get somebody like a Weissman, I think it's cheaper. And it's, uh, you know, there's no injury history there. And the fit. At this point, we know how Embiid fits on an NBA roster. We don't know how Wiseman fits, and they can mold that. So I think that's a better call overall for the, for them. Yeah, I really see Wiggins and whatever pick draft pick they get being packaged together. Because Warriors, I think in their mind, they're in such a win-now type of mode next year. With, with Draymond, Clay, and Steph, they're like, let's get a guy who can come in here instead of going for a Wiseman who's young. Let's go get a proven player to come in here and try and help us compete again. Well, the Warriors really did need a center, and that pains me to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> you know, they had Kevon Looney. Andrew Bogey was on the roster, but he wasn't doing much. If you are a big guy and you're just able to rebound and defend, that's pretty much what they need you for. That's it. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, Matt. I do agree with you that they need – if they can get if they're they're obviously in win now mode they know that if they can go get somebody they need to do it i just don't think for me i don't think Embiid is the guy i think they i think there are other guys around the league they could go and try to find it would be a better fit overall for what they're trying to do um but yeah i mean also you can't rule anything out you know what i mean i mean we thought that durant going there was insane that that yeah that plant sign and trade was huge because that just gave them another piece Exactly. So the Warriors have that potential to shock us, you know. So if they do do that, I wouldn't be shocked by it. But I just think like the fit wouldn't be there for for him. Be surprised if Draymond gets traded. Yeah, I think at some point, especially. I mean, if Wiseman comes in and is exactly what they need, they don't fit exactly the same role, obviously. But if Wiseman comes in and is and is you know more of a you know and is a clear starter and is very good. I think then, yeah, you get, you know, you could package Draymond and Wiggins. Those are guys that people would want on their team, whether you're a good team or a bad team. Well, what we've seen this year is is a guy like Eric Paschel. Um, is, is that how you say his yeah. last name? But he, yeah. he fits in almost that same Draymond role. I mean, they're different players, but he fits that power forward, um, almost playing role. So I don't think there's a huge, huge need to keep Draymond. If they can find somebody dumb enough uh, to, to trade for him with the, how much he's getting paid, yeah. don't be surprised if Draymond gets traded. Yeah, Eric Pichon, Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned him because, yeah, he's had some Draymond tendencies, being able to score 30 on any given night. Yeah. yeah. And, which he won't have to do with Stephen Clay back, but knowing it was great for him to get that time okay. and understand, yeah. see, get mm-hmm. those games in and understand that he was capable of that on an NBA level when he was the man, because now all he has to do is assimilate into his role on the team. And he's going to be a major positive for them. He was a great find for them. That's a big deal. So yeah, you're right. Uh, Draymond could easily get uh, pushed out of there, but like you said, um, as far as someone being dumb enough to have to take on that money for what they're really getting, it would have to be a team that understands the fit and what he's bringing and know exactly how he's going to fit in on that roster. It can't just like, be like maybe a Miami who want, who's kind of this tough team. Miami, Miami I mean, that that's the only place they have a hole, really, is the four, right? Because, I mean, they have Adebayo, obviously, who does different things for them. But also, too, that really messes with their height sometimes. But, I mean, they don't really need that. That's Miami's interesting. Miami's very interesting for that. I just don't think Pat Riley would want to pay him that money. 
Yeah, they're a tough team, so you never know. But yeah, the Warriors, they, the great thing about Eric Pichel, right, is he's, I think he's making like $1.5 million. Yeah, rookie I money. He, I think he has another year, and it's a team option as well after that. And yeah, so, so they have him the next couple of years locked the up. Next couple of years. So why not go trade, trade Draymond, open up a little bit of space if you can, a trade Wiggins in that pick, you can bring in a, another star. And I just think you got some good young players that that showed us uh, what what value they have. You know, I agree. I think I think that's something they need to do. I mean, like the Warriors are going to be one of those teams next year where they will not have missed a beat. I think people expect them to maybe have some rust, and I think it's going to be the exact opposite. I think that they're going to build their roster out how they need to build it out, and it's going to be different from what it is right now for sure. But I think once they do that, they're going to come out hungry as hell. It's going to be an issue for the NBA. Uh, and the Western Conference, which, as we've understood, is already so loaded right now. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're going to be nuts. It's going to be interesting to see how they play it out because they have the most – they're the best team that has the most interesting avenues that they can take still, you know? Like, you're not really sure what road they're going to go down at this point, but we know that they're going to be you know on that road 100 miles an hour ready to go. So it's going to be going to be fun. Yeah, man. Speaking of Miami, there's been reports about Oladipo – wanting to play for Miami. I don't know how true it is. Oladipo is out there with the Pacers right now. He's practicing. He says he might play. He might not. Nick McMillan don't even have an answer. Do you guys think Miami should make the move for Oladipo, or should they just stand pat? I just think he's too similar to Butler. You know what I mean? Like, they could play together. I think they could. I think that they're both driven dudes. I think they could both make it happen, but I just don't think – yeah, if you're Miami, you're. I don't think you're looking so much at guards as you are, like bigs or athletic wings. You know what I mean? Because they have good shooters, they have uh, Jimmy at the one. I mean, unless you're looking at it for a point guard, but I don't know if Oladipo is going to be that guy. I think Oladipo, and that's the thing. I think Oladipo wants to be the guy. I think that's what he's been fighting for the whole time, and because of injuries, it's kind of slipped away from him. But I think he wants to be the guy, and I think that Butler is the guy, and is and needs clearly to feel that way, or it's a problem. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't see the fit there as much. But, uh, but it, again, that would be super interesting to see. If he's on the team, they try to make it work, and that would be very interesting to watch because that's a lot of talent. Yeah, if if I'm the 76ers, I'm trying to do what I can to get Oladipo. Mm, that's, a good, that's a good look right there. Um, I know it didn't necessarily work out with Jimmy, but Jimmy and Oladipo are different. They're, yeah. they're different personalities. Jimmy is like, it needs to be the way that I want it. I think all the people could fit in a little bit better. We know the Sixers really need some better guard play. And, and I think from from just some some stuff with a past guest we had, Scott, right? He just wrote an article about all the depot in the 70s. In, I mean, sorry, the Pacers not really being on the same page. And so could the 76ers be a surprise team going after him? Yeah, they would just have to move. They'd have to move some money. They'd have to get. Uh, We're just gonna have to go that Horford contract. Horford for sure. Horford's the guy you got to get rid of. But Harris would be the next one, as far as the Ooh, money. Tobias um, Harris leaving would suck. Yeah, they they definitely need him. I mean, he's the guy we didn't mention at any point today, and he's a huge piece of what they're doing. So it's, yeah, but I agree. I mean, Oladipo. That's the thing is that McCollum Oladipo. It's it it's one of those things when when we understand as fans and we can see how how clear a fit would be or really we know a team needs needs a certain guy and they're going to click you know what i mean they're that close they need one more piece more position and we know that they'd be firing on a, a lot uh heavier cylinders and that is 
yeah, and he is definitely one of those guys, like a McCollum Oladipo, where it's like the fit would be so solid. <laughs> like it would be, and it would help the team so much. And it's what the players would want. It's just, yeah. Philly's such an interesting team, such an interesting situation there. Because again, like they they have four big money guys in Harris, Horford, Simmons, and Embiid. You get rid of Horford's money, you then can replace that with whatever. So they are, and, they, and the rest of their, you know, they have other guys in the roster that are solid too. So it's, uh, yeah, they're interesting. Don't sleep on the Lakers trying to go after Oladipo either. Matt, you guys have nothing to to get Oladipo with. Hey, no, if Oladipo and the Pacers, if it gets as bad where he demands a trade, I know there's other teams that can do a better trade, but but we'll see. We've seen crazier things, and we know the Lakers want to add that third kind of star into their team. We've we've seen them want to go after like Beal. Paul Kuzma was a third star. What? I thought Kuzma was a third star. No, who said Kuzma was a third star? Maybe before the season, the people. Media. Said that. The media told us that, Matt. They were very clear the about that. They were high on Kuzma, man. They were high on him. Yeah, but I don't think they would say he's a third star as much as they wanted, like, Beal or somebody like that. Yeah, oh, fair enough. Honestly, yeah, if you were high on Kuzma being the third star, you might have just been high in general. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, definitely. I think that uh, – I agree. I think that Oladipo would be – a good fit there as well. Um, Wins, yeah. He has one more year. Yeah, he has one more year. Yeah, yeah, that'd be clean. I, I think that's a, I think that's a great call, and I think if Oladipo can accept that, obviously he's not the dude. You know, he's comfortable being the third guy. That's the question too. That's a ring on your finger potentially. That's um, really what it's going to come down to. If they can do if he can do that, then that's that's great for everybody. Oladipo is a team guy, from what I've heard. You know, for the most part. So as long as he gets his money, I don't think he's gonna. You know, I don't think he's gonna like throw a fit about. His position, so much. I expect the Pacers and Oladipo to work it out. However, if not, he's definitely going to become hot on the market, and yeah, some team's going to put together an offer. Just hope he does not go to the Charlotte Hornets. I want him to go somewhere. You know, I mean, I'm not going to say the Lakers, Matt. I'm sorry, but somewhere, <laughs> somewhere where he's you, but he'll be used and he'll be able to compete in the playoffs. Because I mean, the Hornets. I don't know, man. It's like no matter what they're still not going anywhere yeah it's one of those black holes or it's like the orlando magic or yeah i think he wants to be on a contender right he spent the first part of his season on the magic uh, then okc then then the pacers i think he wants to be on a contender so i wouldn't rule out like a 76ers lakers a a team that is a contender that can make it work financially Uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't sleep on that definitely yeah i definitely agree with that well, guys, we're going to have to stay tuned. Hopefully, these COVID cases calm down. Hopefully, Westbrook makes the trip soon. Hopefully, the bubble snitches go away. Just keep the bubble clear, guys. Just We're yeah, so man, close. We are we're, so we close. Are. And, hey, real quick before we before we get out of here, I just want an updated thing of uh, our percentages, like our, you know, what do we think at this point? We all gave last week. We gave our, you know, what we thought the percentage was that they have the season. Are we still at the same spots? I'm sticking right. with mine, thirty percent. I'm sticking with it. And Pierre, what I couldn't remember what yours was. What did you say? I believe I said thirty-five percent. Yes, I thought and you I said fifty-fifty. I said fifty-fifty for sure. I'm. I do not remember what I said. However, I'm going to say thirty-five percent. Yeah, it's going to take a major player just for for them to say no. And I'm saying it's going to take more than one. And a major player now, because we've seen, we talked about that, and we had the idea of like. Uh, a Harden Westbrook, them not being, but because they're going to be okay for to actually play, most likely, 
that's different. But now, like you, like we've been saying, now's kind of the cutoff point for if you have it now, it's a real issue. So yeah, I definitely, I, I'm going to move mine down to 45% from 50. So that's where I'm going to be officially 45. You're going to have to wait and see folks. If you guys also want to chime in on y'all percentages, and how y'all feel about anything that was discussed on today's episode, feel free to hit us up on Facebook and the SSAW group, as well as email us any questions, comments, concerns at fullcourtpress82 at gmail.com. It has been a great episode on behalf of myself, Matt, and Riley. We thank you guys always for listening, and we are out of here. Later.